up, everybody? Uh, it is at large big here on the 48 Minutes Network. And um, I don't know if you guys heard or not, but college basketball starts in three weeks. So while we're doing draft prep, we're going to be doing a little bit of a mixed match episodes for a bit now, previewing conferences and also getting you ready for the draft because they're, let's see, college basketball is four weeks away. The NBA draft is three weeks away. So we have a lot to get prepared for as we're getting closer and closer to the weirdest year of basketball of all time, obviously. Uh, right. Tim Daniel, as always, with Taylor Bergfeld. And Taylor today rocking some Carolina pride for this ACC preview. Yes, sir. Tribute to Kendall Marshall, Reggie Bullock, Harrison Barnes, and who else is on there? Uh, John Henson, Tyler Zeller. All those guys at some point played in the NBA. So, Kendall, pretty cool. My favorite player had the, one of the he had the shortest stint, but that's all right. They're, I think the rest of them are still playing. Former um, Laker, Kendall yeah, Marshall, the five and sixty-five Lakers, but that's all right. Yeah. Former Laker Reggie Bullock also on your shirt too. Yeah, I love Reggie. He's a well, he's a Nick now, right? Yeah, he's a Nick. Yeah. So we're getting to them too. Um, so probably we're probably chop. Yeah, we're chopping this draft stuff up. So we'll probably put the four teams we have together uh, between the Hornets, Bulls, Cavs, and Hawks. Put that as one episode. So if you hear like some weird like, oh hey Facebook thing, don't worry. We're not like it's it's the same episode. Um, but we're gonna take some time also, like I said, get you ready for the conferences, but. Taylor, you know, with these weird scheduling situations that college basketball is going through, I think the best place to start has got to be um, this whole rivalry thing, two rivalries that are probably the closest to us as far as big-time rivalries. Uh, starting with Kentucky and Louisville, as both teams were trading bar- uh, ba- badges at each other in regards to when they're going to play, and Chris Mack having the greatest tweet of all time. That was awesome. Uh, yes. Did you see Did you see Cal's a week later? Well, I mean, we'll get to it, but go ahead with Chris Mack. All I saw Cal put was see you December 26th. Can't wait. Yeah, it was a sped up video. Like, we'll, we'll talk about Chris Max first. So, Chris came out and was just talking about how, obviously, and listen, I, <laughs> pettiness aside, bias aside, like, I would definitely do this. Like, if, if we were yeah, in a contract, I, so I was supposed to play you this year at your place and next year at my place. I'm not forfeiting this year at your place because no fans. Like, it just, it's the way it is. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks this year, fell on your year. So, I get. Chris Mack and John Calvary both being on, I get both their sides, but I also get like Chris Mack. He, I think Chris Mack holds the advantage here or wait, whoever, um, yeah, whoever wants to, whoever has the fans this year, they kind of hold the advantage because they're like, we want to play. It's just, we want to play elsewhere. They're the ones that don't want to play. So like, yeah, both sides come off looking a little, you know, whatever you want to call it. But sure. Yeah, Chris Mack came out saying, you know, he's talking about how the fans were chirping at him and going on and on and talks about how he had multiple plans to play at a <laughs> neutral site. And like, I love how they lay it out. Cause Brandon did the same exact thing. Uh, yeah. And you know, they were inviting or, you know, he was trying to be like, Hey, we tried to go at the U S bank center for a year and then bam back at your place. And yeah. Um, but yeah, the Calipari came out with him a week later. And it's funny, he talks, it starts out the video, he's, he's in his office and it's all slow. And then it starts rambling. I think he's like trying to make fun of Chris Mack going on. Yeah. But he rambles and rambles and rambles. And at the end, he's like, we'll see you, was it December 6th, he said? December 26th, I think okay, it was. Okay, yeah, yeah the, whatever the date the game is. And then all of a sudden, somebody like Matt Jones tweeted it. If you speed up, if you slow down what Cal's saying in that speed up part, he's making fun of He's like, I got the guy in Louisville blowing my head off saying we don't want to play. He's like, why would I not want to play him? We always beat him. It's actually like really <laughs> funny. Like, yeah. I don't know. It always it boils down with me. It's it. I don't know. Kentucky Louisville. It, it's a, I love the rivalry. It's a, yeah. You know they always. It can be Duke Carolina and Kentucky Louisville. Two different things. Like obviously, always has to one be the best, the other one. But like I love watching the Kentucky Louisville game because every year I go into it, I don't care who wins because either side. Right. Like, Twitter is electric after the game. It's fun. So yeah, 
And yeah. same with UC Xavier. I love, um, I, I like both those teams. So I, I kind of don't have really a bias who wins. So, well, I technically for work purposes cannot have a bias. Mm. Um, obvious reasons. The fact that we cover both programs um, yeah. and credential with both programs. So I can't say it, but uh, let's touching on that real quick. I thought Brandon kind of, John's my guy. Like I love yeah. John. Um, you know, John and I have now, this will be our fourth season that will be in each other's lives between his NKU and UC terms. And, um, you know, he kind of did a little bit of what Chris did in a sense of like, well, they want to do this. They want to do this. They want to do this. And like taking biasm out of it, none of those options benefited Xavier at all. Oh and, no. And shout out to my guy, Adam Baum for the Cincinnati Enquirer, finding the contractual agreement and puts it in the inquiry of both teams and what was agreed to as far as a year to year throughout this term, got all that information. And then my other guy here in the local area, my dude, Jed Demusi, shout out local 12, uh, asked Travis Steele on a zoom. He said, uh, any rebuttal, any, any different tweets you're going to put And Travis laughs and goes, we'll let our, our game do the talking as it has the last 20 years. Meaning like Xavier has really owned that rivalry for a long time. UC has won two of the last three, um, but other than that, like, I mean, there was stretches where, and the funny part is to your, to that point, like it kind of still saying that's great with like the Xavier, but like when you've been the coach four years, uh, what, four years at Xavier now, this is your third year? head year, third year head coach. Uh, and you're one and two, like you're one maybe, and one. Yeah. Uh, okay. One and one. Okay. never mind. I thought yeah. he was one and two. And I was like, maybe, maybe let's win a couple more before we start pawing those off. But can we like, yeah, but like the point we're making why I want to have this segment is like, we, we really need this in college basketball. Like we need this pettiness rivalry situation. It makes it fun. Um, especially those are two huge rivalries. Like you said, you mentioned, you know, obviously you follow in Carolina. If you follow, you know, you, you cover that rivalry quite a bit. If we had a situation where like coach K and Roy were throwing badges at each other on Twitter videos, like the world would be going insane. So I love it. I, I think it's great. I'd go to, I'd go to war. I would go to war for him. If <laughs> I know him you and coach K started talking, I'd, I'd be driving to Chapel Hill right now. That's the problem. They don't like. They don't hate. I mean, I guess it's because they're you know in their seventies each. Like, yeah. Are they really gonna hate? Should I be petty? The I whole, mean, the brotherhood. I hate the brotherhood. But other than that, those two going at each other at that age would be a lot more fun than the presidential debates. So hey, that's yeah. a good point. They probably actually be. They'd actually probably be civil more than <laughs> yeah. that. So. Dagon, we play a big man-to-man zone. We play a matchup zone, and Coach yeah. K has been like, we like to shoot the three. Yeah, and, and John Calipari does this one and done thing that we copied. And he does the, the brotherhood, the family, the Carolina yeah. family has always been then the brotherhood. Yeah. I'm joined the brotherhood. That's my favorite one. They all, they all tweet that the brotherhood that shows up for a year and transfers the next year. Yeah. Oops. Oops. All right. We'll talk about them later. Yeah. We got plenty of time to talk about that. So yeah. um, let's get into actually, we're going to talk a little bit of ACC basketball today. Um, kind of, we're, I got some notes on a few teams. I got them. was like putting it all together today. Um, but Wanted to go through, kind of talk about like differences in teams, what we expect from the conference, highlighting a few groups in particular. And obviously we just talked about it. This conference always, no matter how the teams do the year before, always starts with Carolina and Duke. And Taylor, obviously last year's Carolina season is one you guys are dying to forget. Totally understand. Totally get it. Worst season in program history. One of the worst seasons. Yeah. But you know, Carolina is one of those programs that they're not down long. And if you look at, so this year, obviously Cole Anthony declares for the draft, Brandon Robinson's gone. Christian Kellogg's gone. Justin Pierce is gone. Um, but they bring in guys like Caleb Love. 
Dayron Sharp, Walker Kessler, R.J. Davis, Puff Johnson, and Kerwin Walton. This is a stacked recruiting class. It's one of the top in the country, I believe two, according to 24-7. Yep. Um, plus, you know, the guys they had that came back, you know, the Armando Bacots of the world, who looks like he's going to be healthy finally. Garrison Brooks. Kind of, Garrison all, Brooks. First team all ACC last year. Yeah, so this Carolina team, um, obviously we all expect will be much better, but I think they're going to be pretty darn good, honestly. Oh, yeah, I think um, – I mean, like you said, they, the pieces they bring in, they bring in um, Caleb Love, who's just a dynamic combo guard, um, hopefully a point from day one. Yeah. I mean, way different than Cole. Cole can take over games, but when you sort – like, Cole didn't have a lot of talent last year. The guys you mentioned that left are – I don't even think they've played that much on this year's team, um, especially not Pierce and especially not Keeling. That's just kind of – unfortunately, that's the way it is. But Caleb, um, dynamic guard, he, can, he gets in the lane, he finishes through contact, he's got a good outside shot. Um, really good to get teammates involved. I saw, he played on Brad Beal Elite um, a couple years ago at the EYBL. I watched him play against Sharif Cooper and Brandon Boston. So at Auburn and UK, which his team ended up winning. Um, he's just very dynamic. Like I said, finishes through contact. And then they bring in RJ Davis. Uh, like a, he's kind of he's another guard, probably played point, but he can play off the ball from New York. Um, just, he's an all time leading scorer in New York, which is, I mean, that's some. That's elite, pretty, yeah, that's something, yeah. Company up there. He just filled it up. He's just a volume shooter when he gets hot, he gets going. Um, Puff Johnson, Cam Johnson's little brother, the lefty that they're going to bring in, 6'8", 6'7", 6'8", guy that can fill it up just like his brother could. Uh, I think he'll be probably a developmental player this year, like spot minutes and getting better as the year goes on. Um, yeah. But by his third or fourth year, he'd be really, really good like his brother was. Um, and then Daron Sharp, Sharp and Walker Kessler, two top ten big men, uh, two top ten players in the league and the country. Or sorry, Daron's top ten, Walker Kessler's thirteen. The yeah, number like one, number two, to fourteen, if I remember, yeah, yeah. Number one and two centers, and it's back to it's similar to two thousand seventeen when Carolina had Isaiah Hicks, Kennedy Meeks, Tony Bradley, um, and you know they, they they had three big men. This year we have four, and we're I mean they're just going to pound it inside, and then just going to wear you out with Brooks and Baycott and it. They're, I think they'll be really good, really, really good. Um, playing the ACC only is a tough schedule. They have a few non-conference games, but it, I'm all right with it because the bottom of the barrel is fine, and then upper is only going to get you better going into March. So, Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think they're significantly better. I think the spacing on the team is going to be way better. Um, it's not going to be Cole Anthony go and do everything where, you know, I know a lot of people are like, yeah, you look at Carolina and they were awful last year. They had a really rough year and they definitely did. They were obviously unhealthy. Um, yeah. Things just didn't work out, but there was like a stretch there in February. Cole Anthony was spectacular. Yeah. Um, he went from and, averaging like 28 to like 20, but then his assistance rebounds went up. He got a lot more people involved. It's just, they, they literally couldn't make jump shots last year. And like you yeah. said, they were unhealthy. Like not going to beat a lot of teams when you do that. Yeah, so I, I expect a lot better from Carolina. Obviously, anytime Roy Williams coaches a team, I'm not counting them out. Um, so I'm, I'm pumped for this one. So I can't wait to see what they do. And let's go to the other side of it. Let's talk about Duke. Um, out. Trey Jones, Cassius Stanley, Vernon Carey, all declare for the draft. For the first time, I think, in a long time, I don't think any of those guys are going in the lottery and they play for Duke. So... Yeah, Vernon Carey's a weird one. I like him a lot. Um, just He had a really good year last year. He just... Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really fit the NBA game. I talked to one of my buddies that's a scout, and we talked about Vernon Carey, and I was like, well, I always heard he doesn't like to play the five. And he goes, yeah, he plays like he doesn't like to play the five. And I was like, oh, that's not a good sign for going to the NBA when you're like, you know, you're not Anthony Davis. You can't pick and choose your position. So um, also leaving is all-time Duke, like fan favorite legend, Jack White. 
who everyone loved forever. And Gavin Delorier is finally left Duke after 38 <laughs> years enrolled. Right. So congratulations, was, Gavin. Jack White was the guy that makes a lot of shots in practice, but never makes a shot in the game. I think he was like, what, over 41 at one point last year? <laughs> yeah, he yeah, he literally had an over 41 stretch. That's awesome. Yeah. Unreal. They bring in a lot of talent, though. I mean, duh, as always. Like, it's, Yeah. So uh, counting, counting those guys, we have Jalen Johnson, Jeremy Roach, DJ Stewart, Mark Williams, um, Jamin Maverfield, Henry Coleman, and Patrick Tate. Yeah, from uh, Columbia. I couldn't read my own handwriting for a second. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. No, there. Jeremy Roach was really, really good. Um, he tore his ACL his senior, uh, junior, senior year, and I don't think he played a lot last year. So, um, so it must have been last year. Yeah. He, he's, he's gonna be a really good guard for them. Kind of fits the Trey Jones mold. Um, he mm-hmm. can score if he wants to, but he's really good at facilitating the ball. Uh, DJ Stewart's a combo guard out of Chicago. He's really good as well. Um, he's very active. Can get in the lane, finish through contact. Jalen Johnson's unbelievable. Kind of like Tatum, but not as good to stage in college, but he's very built like him. Um, and then the players they bring back, uh, Matthew Hurt was got, got it going at the end of the year last year. Wendell Moore, um, he's another slashing guard. Him and DJ Stewart will play together a lot. Him and um, Jalen Johnson as well on the wing. Um, Joey Baker, whatever, brand new red shirt, like good luck. And then Jordan Goldwire, another backup guard that they're just another guy. Remember Tyler Thornton back in like 2010 through like 2013? Yeah. He's kind of like him. He's just going to come in and play spot minutes, but he can run your offense when Jeremy Rich is going to need a break. So. Yeah, I, I mean, look at it. You know, you mentioned uh, we mentioned Jamin Breakfield. He's a kid from Huntington Prep. So like yep. those kids, you know, are that's a small college for people who don't really know. It's I joke, but it's you know they prep people for playing college ball. That's that like, kind of their thing. Um, so obviously a loaded roster. I would think probably the favorites to win the ACC next year if you just list what they have on paper. Um, though I got another team that's going to win the ACC. Do you? Yeah. We'll talk about them next. Yeah. But they're, yeah, their odds are certainly top three. Yeah. And I mean, obviously an NBA factory, uh, you mentioned Matthew Hurt, who really got it going at the end of the year was kind of the guy that everyone was most excited about in that Duke recruiting class last year. Um, so he gets to come back this year and play another year. But I think that, you know, those two teams that we already talked about are going to really make some noise. Uh, I haven't really had a chance to look at Duke's schedule. I don't know what, what MLE they're playing in. I don't know if they know what MLE they're playing in. Um, yeah, they they opted out of the um, the um, the bad boy Millers Bahamas whatever one it was. Yeah, um, did you see? I think the Battle of Atlantis is in like Sioux Falls this yeah, year. Sean's playing in that. He's like, I went from going from Atlantis to South Dakota. Yeah, like tough. We'll be in Orlando yeah. while everything's going on there. So like the Orlando Classics, there obviously Xavier opted out, but Michigan State's still playing it. Gonzaga still playing in it. Um, <laughs> And then, like, there's like a few others that they moved to Orlando for that time frame. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, but kind of let's real, go real quick. Uh, who is who is the team you want to talk about? Virginia. Virginia. Okay. So I actually do have notes on them. Hey. Bringing in Jabri Abdur Rahim. Yep. Bringing in Reese Beckham Breckman. Carson McCorkle and Trey Murphy out is Diakite, Braxton Key, Sam Hauser, and Matt Palumbo. But this is a Tony Bennett team. They will beat you forty-four to forty every night and not care about it. Yeah. Um. So you 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 pick you think Virginia wins the ACC next year? Yeah. Key, Clark, Jay Huff, um, and Sam Hauser from Marquette. That's a nice little trio of veteran guards you're gonna have, or you know, big man as well. Um, Diakite losing is hurt. I mean, big. He was 
big part of their title run slash last year when they were really good. Um, but Carson McCorkle is a very good guard. He can fill it up. Jabri Abdul-Rahim, he's another slashing. Like It's going to be – it's like like Malcolm Brogdon slash Justin Anderson, like athleticism oh, okay. where he's going to be able to get in the lane and do a lot of stuff that, frankly, you're not used to having a Virginia guard do. Um, and like you said, they're comfortable winning 44-40, so that defense is going to be instilled from day one. And when your key parts of your center and your point guard and a couple other guards are in there, it's – they're going to have, it's going to have the same success. Like, yeah, I agree. I think obviously this is the team that's still the defending national champions as weird as that is because of. Can't miss the tournament, Carolina. If you don't, if there is no tournament. Yeah. There you go. Xavier. True. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What do you got on Virginia? Anything? Um, you know, same squad, not a whole lot of talent leaving per se, besides Diakite, like you mentioned. They don't have a lot of NBA prospects in this class uh, that are leaving, so I don't really expect to see any of those guys go in that mid to late second round by any means. Diakite is probably your best bet, but at his position, there are probably 15 guys, unfortunately, that are better than him in this draft. Um, so not super high on their pro, to pro stock, but you know, like we said, it's Virginia, the system, the foundation's there. We talk about the brotherhood, the family, and now the foundation, apparently that is. Right. And so um, we're just going to go with cheesy, corny nicknames all night for uh, these ACC teams. Right. Um, I want to touch on Louisville real quick. Yep. So really weird offseason, obviously. Um, you know, you look at guys that are leaving, guys like Jordan Wara obviously is leaving. He's probably going to be taken in the second round. I'm really hoping he drops to a team like, I don't know, the Bulls. Um, be nice. Yeah, no big deal. Uh, Dwayne Sutton's out. Ryan McMahon's out. Stephen Enoch's out. Dickie V is weeping that Ryan McMahon's out. I know. I know. Um, coming in, we got DeAndre Davis, JJ Trainer, Gabe Woodsor, Charles Minkard, and uh, Carrick Jones as a grad transfer is coming in. The biggest question for me for Louisville is always going to be, when I watch this team play this year, is what if Jay Scrub had not entered the draft? What if he had gone and like fulfilled his, uh, his LOI to play for Chris Mack at Louisville? Because Jay Scrub is going to be considered for the draft. A lot of teams really like him. I don't necessarily know if he'll get drafted. I could see this being like a Jalen McHugh situation where he goes really late in the second round and plays in the G League for a little while. But uh, he's a talented kid. He would have been huge for Louisville. Um, they still have talent. Uh, you know, David Johnson is a kid I loved. Um, obviously had his big debut last year at Cameron and beat Duke, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, Samuel Williamson's still there. That's a kid I'm pretty high on. When you look at this Louisville team, it doesn't seem like they have the same ceiling as last year's team, uh, but still a high talent level and still a team I think will compete in the ACC. Yeah. I mean, we're not, it, it's kind of not to be negative here, but last year's recruiting class with Samuel Williamson, David Johnson, uh, Quinn Slezinski, Aiden Nickenhorn, uh, Josh Nickelberry, like you, they're like everybody's really high on Louisville. Good. Like they're like, hey, these guys are really good. Um, but then Nickelberry averaging less than a point, Aiden Nickenhorn averaging less than a point. Like you kind of need that big sophomore jump for them to really be competitive this year. Because um, what they're bringing in this year really isn't what it was last year, which is fine. Okay. Um, but he has pieces that he's going to grow with. Obviously Williamson, obviously David Johnson. It's hard to recruit a five star guard when you have one. Um, so Malik Williams going to be really big this year. Um, but I'm a little not worried because Sutton and Enoch were such pivotal players for him. Yeah. Like I worried that like, cause they were, they were hit or miss where if Nora went cold in a big game or Nora went cold, Enoch and Sutton both kind of leveled them out with David Johnson and then vice versa. When they, when they had a bad game, when Enoch and Sutton had a bad game, the cold team guy had a bad game. You know what I mean? Cause obviously the offense ran through them. So, um, I'd be happy to see how they do this year, but I'm, I'm still, they'll be, top four, five, top five in the ACC. I could see them winning a few games they should or then losing some that they shouldn't. So, 
Yeah, I don't think they'll beat Kentucky again. I think they're going to be – Chris Mack's going to start 0-3 against Kentucky, unfortunately. I don't know. A lot of teams are going to be Kentucky this year. Yeah. They got some players. Oof. Yeah, especially if what's-his-face is like – have they have they cleared his waiver yet? They just did like five minutes ago. Olivier Sar. Oh, they just did it? Yeah, and Obi Toppin's little brother. Yeah, Jacob Toppin. I knew about yeah. him. Who His one known thing he's in his career is getting dunked on by his brother, Obi Toppin. That was nasty. Yeah, they, yeah. Just, they honestly just cleared. You know, yeah, Olivier Char. So he's good. He's good last year at Wake. So, oh well, there you go. Kentucky yeah. SEC favorites immediately. Oh, already. I mean, all, actually, hold on. Auburn. We'll talk about them next week. They're true. Yeah, true, true. So we can. We don't have to spend a lot of time on some of these other the bottom teams. Um, yeah, I'm not necessarily worried about talking about Pitt. The only thing I was going to mention was Nike Sabandi from Miami of Ohio transferred there. Yep. A kid I really wanted to see go to Xavier. Oh, um, nice. But obviously getting Adam Kunkel is a great substitution. I'm not sad about that. There's no drop off there to me by any means. No. Um, and Sabandi will sit a year. I don't know. You know, for people who don't know this kid, like I said, from Miami of Ohio, uh, very athletic, very fast, uh, got a lot of skills, a little underdeveloped, but a lot of links to local schools in the Cincinnati area. One, because he's really good friends with Xavier guard, Paul Scruggs. Two, I think his girlfriend's from Cincinnati. And that was one of the things that kept coming up. <laughs> um, so but that's probably that's going to be a really good situation for Jeff Cable when he has him. But he has to sit a year. And then I also want to touch on NC State because they got some decent players coming in. But you know, they're still NC State. Oh, yeah. So Markel Johnson's out. Um, Kevin you know. Keats is a winner. Yeah, yeah. Not really. He's he's tough. But yeah, let me go. To, I'll talk about State. I unfortunately know a little bit about them. Um, they're projected what pretty low down there, right? Yeah. Not gonna be a good year for him. Let me see. Yeah, I mean, they still got Cam Hayes is a freshman, played on Team C3, uh, CP3. Uh, he was really good. He wanted he wanted a North Carolina offer pretty bad uh, from just reading into stuff. Um, obviously, they decided to go RJ Davis, Caleb Love, and once they had commitments from them, they kind of backed off of him. So Cam went to State. Uh, Braxton Beverly's from Kentucky. Um, went to went to what military uh, or military yeah. academy, um, but he's from like Eastern Kentucky. Um, DJ Thunderbuck's okay. Um, Devin Daniels, like he can fill it up. He's just one of those guys that when he when he makes his first three of the game, it's like all right, here comes four, three or four more in the first half. But if he misses the first couple ones, he's kind of put himself out of it. So um, yeah, a typical year from state. Like they won't admit it, but getting in the tournament as a six, seven, eight seed, that's a that's a good year for you. You're never going to beat Duke twice. You're never going to beat Carolina twice. Even last, we swept state last year, and we I'm were terrible, here. terrible. Yeah. Like, sorry, little brother. I mean. There's a reason when we beat State, nothing happens. And there's a reason when they beat us, they, they their clock tower comes red. They have praise in the street. So, What was the thing that – uh, it's the thing the Steelers used to say about the Bengals. They win sometimes and we win a lot. That's a great point, yeah. we're yeah. I'm, I'm a little brother in a lot of my fanhoods, um, but not in college basketball. So, yeah. so that's a good one to be on. So. Good point. Good point. Um, yeah, we can just keep going up. There's some people that, I mean, I want to talk about. Sy- Syracuse is okay. Um, let's let's go back up to Florida State, and then we'll go back. That's to who I want to talk about, yeah. yeah, because uh, obviously the big thing about Florida State when you talk about this program is Scotty Barnes. Yeah, he's him and Isaiah Todd played on the same AAU team when I went up and watched him in Indianapolis, and pff, kid is just all over. Like, he's just all – he's like – I'm going to say this, not a comparison. He's like Kawhi. He's just always there and just like a menace to me. Like when you're watching it, he's just like, damn, that guy must be annoying to play against. Cause like, yeah, he's constantly in the lane. He's stripping people. He's tying up for loose balls. He's a great defender. Uh, he's just an athlete too. He's just, he's just, it looks like a, like a, a good receiver, a tight end. He'd be just a unit out there. Um, but I'm really excited for them. Yeah. To put in context what Taylor's saying, he's six eight two ten. Yeah. He was he, the number seven recruit in the country. Mm-hmm. 
and he's a stretch four. He's all yeah. They're gonna have um, MJ Walker's in a senior year. He's another guy. That, I mean, I literally like kind of have like a man crush on Leonard Hamilton and always Florida State. They're always so good. Every year filling out my bracket, I'm like, I love that three seed in the West, Florida State. <laughs> And that's why I always pick. They obviously haven't fulfilled it yet, but they're they're good enough. They were good enough last year. Um, losing Devin Vassell, Trent Forrest, and Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams was a dog, man. He was so good. Um, and obviously a second year with him would have been really good. But they still bring back um, MJ Walker, Raquan Gray, Malik Osborne, Anthony Polite, and then Raquan Evans. Um, so Evans going to be your starting point guard as senior. Didn't play a lot last year, but MJ Walker and then Scotty Barnes, the offense is going to run through them. So. Did you see those clips of Devin Vassell shooting? Why did he mess up his – why did he change his jump shot? That was – I mean, the guy shot 40%, like close to 40% last year. I, I, some trainer probably got in his head and it ruined him. Oh, my God. It's like – I think I dropped him four spots on my board just from those highlights of him shooting in a gym. Yeah, that's tough. And that bums me out because he was like my favorite college prospect in this draft. Yeah, that's tough. Um, they – Florida State also, I mean, I'm, I'm reading, let me read you the height on their bench. So right now, if they're starting lineup based off what uh, three-man weave has, um, it'd be 6'4", 6'5", 6'9", Scotty Barnes, Raekwon Gray, 6'8", and then Malik Osborne, 6'9". So kind of sm- like smaller. The Monstars. Yeah, but their bench, 6'8", 7'1", 6'8", 6'5", 6'8", 7'1", 6'11". <laughs> Yikes. Um, that so also they're going to play a pack line that. defense. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I'd be excited to see them. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to talk about Notre Dame. Okay. Skip on right by him. <laughs> yeah. um, we don't have to mention that they still have a basketball program right now. Uh, listen, I'm not saying good things, but better than last year. I do like getting Elijah Taylor. I think he's yeah. going to be good. Other than that, I'm like. Yeah. You know. Another team I think will actually be pretty good. Um, uh, Clemson. will be better than. Adam. Yeah. Um, they only lost. They lost uh, Tevin Mack and Current Scott last year. Tevin Mack was the former Alabama um, transfer, mm-hmm. but they have a young team. They're gonna. They're gonna start Nick Honor. Um, he's PJ Hall. Yeah, PJ Hall. They they have Amir Al- or Amir Sims, uh, Josh John Newman. They're, they're. I mean, they're pretty good. Um, they beat Carolina in Carolina last year. Broke the streak. Finally, the first time Clemson's ever won in um, in Chapel Hill. It, it takes the it takes the cake for the most famous game now, rather than when Rick Barnes tried to fight Dean Smith. That was another <laughs> thing. He threw his coat at him. It was actually pretty funny. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Clemson will be okay. Like I said, I'm not going to spend too much time on these teams. Um, they'll be competitive. They might make the tournament as like a playing game, eight, nine, ten seed. But I, I'm not going to spend 20 minutes talking about a team that might win eight league games. So I'm with uh, you. Yeah, I mean, there might. I'm looking for the rest of the league about teams that I'm excited about. Um, I always like Syracuse, Buddy Beheim and Joseph Gerard. Those guys can fill it up, but they still don't really do it for me now. Um, and then down the league, I'm looking down. Anybody else you want to talk about? I was going to maybe touch on Wake with the new coach situation that you mentioned yeah. earlier. But, like, I mean, recruiting-wise, you know, Quadri Adams, uh, Emmanuel Okpomo from Oak Hill Academy is a hard commit who hasn't signed yet. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a rough year for Wake Forest yep. again. Pretty much so. Yeah, that kind of does it for me in the ACC. The rest of the teams, um, you know, it's it, Wake Forest getting into – was it Steve Forbes, that was his name? Uh, yeah. yeah. from ten, uh, what, East Tennessee. So he's, he knows how to run a program. I think he'll do all right there because he's kind of got um, some ties in North Carolina. So we'll see um, how it turns out for him. But Is Georgia Tech still ineligible this year? They are back. They set out last year, which is very – ooh. 
Oh! Yeah, that sucks. But let's go ahead and let's dive into our SEC preview. Because, you know, while we have the draft one week, we have college basketball starting the week after. And... (laughs) Let's just make this easy. We don't have to go and do whatever like everyone else is doing. Um, first things first, is anyone going to be able to stop Kentucky this year in the SEC? Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. And what, what do you like about Tennessee so much? Um, their recruiting class. Um, fantastic. Really yes. good. Number nine in the country preseason. Um, they bring in they, – they bring back Josiah Jordan-James, which I forgot that he changed his name last year. Um to Jordan James. Um, they bring in the 15th ranked player in the country, IMG's point guard last year, Jaden Springer, um, who's a dynamic guard. He can kind of, he's a dog. He's really good defensively, and he's really good at attacking the lane and getting his own, um, getting a bucket whenever he needs. They got Victor Bailey Jr. from Oregon, um, a transfer that came in, didn't play last year, set out last year. They got Keon Johnson um, coming in, another explosive guy that they can have. Um, uh, but they bring back um, – Fee Ponds. Remember that he was the largest human being I've ever seen in my entire life. That UC Tennessee game last year, yeah. the pictures I was like, "Good God, that man is <laughs> shredded." Um, they got John Fulkerson, the big, um, the big center that can take people off the dribble, and he's a very skilled offensive player. They returned a lot of people, um, and I think that they're good enough to battle Kentucky if that means splitting, if that means splitting the home and home, and then um, you know, kind of knocking off a couple. Oh, excuse me, knocking off a couple um, games that they, maybe they shouldn't on the road, they might be able to get uh, battle Kentucky for that top spot. But I think the Wildcats are far and above the best team in the SEC, and we'll kind of get to them in a minute. So let's just get to them now because I want to talk about BJ Boston. Yeah. Um, you know, minus Cade Cunningham, probably my favorite, and Jalen Green, probably my favorite prospect in this recruiting class. Um, there's a lot of Brandon Ingram and BJ Boston. I know he's not as tall as Ingram, but just the way he scores, the way he shoots, um, obviously played on a very good Sierra Canyon team. Don't know if you heard, they had some kid named Bronny James there. Um, but I think BJ Boston, obviously he projects to be an NBA lottery pick for the next year. This is a, you know, might be Kentucky's best wing. This is me probably overrating him, but maybe since kid Gilchrist, as far as in that rule, like, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, Kevin Knox was really good in college. He was. Um, yes. Didn't I mean? I think we're obviously putting a little bias of the NBA into what we think of how they're going to turn out. Um, I, I mean, mean yeah, isn't exactly setting the NBA on fire. No, that didn't show. Played, did you even know he played for the Mavericks at the end of the year? No. See, Case I kind of couldn't have told you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Kentucky. You would think when they lose EJ Montgomery, Emmanuel Quickly, Nick Richards, Tyrese Maxey, Ashton Higgins, Nate Setsina, Johnny Juzang, and Khalil Whitney. Remember when that guy was the ranked number one small forward in the country? Yeah. No yeah. offense. The dragon he kept pulling himself. I hated that guy. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but I hated that guy. He stunk. Average like 1.2 points a game. See ya. But anytime they bring those guys in, they had Keon Brooks. He's their only person they bring back. And you're like, oh my God, that's a lot of talent. Unbelievable class this year at Cal Perry pulled off. BJ Boston, Devin Askew, who reclassified up. Olivier Saar, which is from Wake Forest. He just recently mm-hmm. got a waiver, and he's clear. Um, Davion, yep, Jacob Poppin, Obi Toppin's little brother. Davion Mintz from Creighton. He's a nice senior guard that you can kind of plug in and have some experience. Play quite a bit. Isaiah Jackson, who's from Detroit. He's a really good player. Lance Ware from New Jersey. Cameron Fletcher from Missouri. Um, Deontay Allen from Kentucky here in Pendleton County. Um, one Mr. Basketball and. In a season, he should not have won Mr. Basketball. Yeah. No offense. 
Um, and then Jacob, yeah, like you said, Jacob Toppin. But the best player that you're not talking about is Terrence Clark. I was going to say, re- what are we going to Terrence Clark? Reclassified up this year as well. He is, I think he's the best small forward in the country. I think he's one of the best players in the country. Um, I really wouldn't look this year at Kentucky. I wouldn't look for a lot of big minutes from Cameron Fletcher and from Lance Ware. Those are guys that are going to develop with the talent around them to be better sophomore and junior players. Um, kind of like a Nick Richards. I see a type of career for both those kind of guys. Where yeah. at the beginning it's ugly and it's not great, but then by his sophomore junior year he's really contributing and the fans will seem to like him. Um, Devin Askew's a really good guard that they had to reclassify. Um, BJ Boston, like you said, a willing scorer that can take anybody off the dribble and kind of get his bucket, get a bucket at will. Um, Olivier Sar is that post presence that they've been having the last couple of years. That's older. Um, and then Keon Brooks has been raved about in practice this year about how good he's been since he returned. But I really like this Kentucky team. Um, you're looking at a projected lineup of maybe like Askew, Boston, Clark, Brooks, and then Saar, which is a really top that's two awesome. team in the country. Yeah, yeah. it's really um, good. But like everything, I mean, it's going to take a while for them to click and figure Shouting it out. And... But I'm not hanging the ninth banner like we always do um, at this time of year. But I think they're really good. And I think them playing Duke or Michigan State, whoever they play early in the year, or I think it's Kansas um, in December up in Indianapolis, will be a great game to watch. So, Yeah. I don't necessarily know if I think Kentucky is better than like Gonzaga or Villanova this year. Um, I think Villanova is the best team in the country, which I know we're going to get to the Big East still. Um, But I I just don't know if they're better than those teams. But is this team have Elite Eight Final Four written all over them? Sure. Yeah. I mean, if they can hit free throws in the tournament, which we've said for years now, has been always their kryptonite. Um, But yeah, I I really like this team. You know, I'm so glad you brought up Terrence Clark because I wanted to talk about him quite a bit. So for those who don't know, he's 6'7", he's 185. Like I said, he's the best small forward in the country in your eyes. Um, it just so happened he was the number two small forward in the country behind the number one, who's also his college basketball teammate um, now in BJ Boston. Which, yep. That came out of the blue because Clark was ranked number one at that position for a while, if I remember correctly, according to 24-7. So, he re- Clark reclassified. That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. So he was, he was next year's recruit. He reclassified, and then he jumped all the way to number two. So what is it about Clark that people should look for as far as we know he's going to translate well to the NBA. He's got top 10 NBA pick written all over him, but what else do you think people need to see from him? I think he's just ferocious. I think he's a guy that he attacks the rim and he's not, he's violent at it. Like he's yeah. going to have a lot of poster dunks slash through contact. Um, he's an okay shooter, which most kids like when scoring is that easy, getting to the rim is that easy shooting is a thing that typically lacks um, just because when you don't need to shoot every time you can take people off the dribble. I mean, why the hell wouldn't you, right? Um, my only concern about Kentucky kind of going into this is what kind of is a weakness of Clark. A lot of times these guys, these highly ranked players and stuff, use their athleticism to be better defensively, where when you meet players at the similar skill level or who are stronger and faster, that's what typically lacks. Uh, that's what gets Kentucky in trouble a lot of time. They they foul a shitload um, just because they play like the AAU style of basketball, just because they're not really as in a team environment yet. That's not a knock because it works. It's just they use their athleticism to get um, to get steals, to get blocks. And a lot of times they maul, uh, maul the ball the entire time and the fouls get called. But luckily they have depth this year where they can sub in piece A for piece B and keep it rolling. Um, I was watching the like the not big blue madness, but like the blue white kind of information about it. And Cal Perry was raving how Cameron Fletcher is a great, um, an explosive defender, but he fouls in every play. And it was just, it's just funny to listen because, you know, Cal Perry, it's the same spiel over and over. And it's kind of, it's Your nice kids. to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I could go, I could do an hour on that, but um, I think they're I mean, going to be really good. I wouldn't be surprised. They cut down the nets, but they're going to have to grow over time. Um, they're going to have to grow over time. I think early in the year, they'll, they'll hit their stride and they'll be fine. 
they'll have that dip in the middle of the year and then peak towards the end of the year. So. Yeah. I think the Boston Clark thing is going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but like you said, just having those two on the wing, like you could do far worse. Um, how many SEC teams could you see as NCAA tournament teams? Um, so Kentucky, Tennessee, I think LSU and Arkansas are tournament teams. LSU, um, Arkansas. I think Auburn then, has a chance to be in that. One of, one of Auburn, Alabama. Florida yeah. maybe as well. Scotty Lewis is still there. Um, Trey Mann's still there. But, um, yeah, we can talk. I mean, let's talk LSU a little bit, and let's talk just a couple hitting points on the other ones, and we can kind of wrap it up. Yeah, so obviously the name a lot of people are paying attention to, besides Cameron Thomas for LSU, is a legacy, like the legacy of LSU and Sharif O'Neal. Yeah. Um, obviously the fact that he's playing basketball again is fantastic. Yep. Uh, with everything he went through, you know, things didn't seem to work out at UCLA with McCronin and he just kind of felt like he wanted to go somewhere else. He's got to get a shot. You know, the skill set you've watched him play in AU. Obviously he's not Shaq by any means, um, but he does have a lot of talent and he has some upside, but I just don't know how good I think he can be because everything I've read is Shakir O'Neal, Shaq's second son is going to be the best like prospect of all the, all the kids. And mm-hmm. so, like, do you see Sharif having a role in this LSU team, or do you think it's strictly my dad with Shaquille O'Neal? And I hate to say it because I saw him yeah. play. Um, he played with DeAndre Ayton on uh, God, I, <laughs> I forget the, the team's name. Excuse me, um, on the AAU circuit, the EYBL. Um, but he, he's a slasher, but like the, the offensive skill just really isn't there. Like, like another guy that got by with his athleticism. Um, the flashy dunks, the breakaway dunks. Like, it's not great when a high school mixtape is just breakaway dunks. Right. Kind of that's how it is with him. Um, I'm intrigued Cameron Thomas, the guy that was at Oak Hill last year. He actually played in the um, – there was a local tournament here in Northern Kentucky at NKU's arena um, that Cameron Thomas played in. He was a really good scorer, just a willing scorer, really good shooter. Um, he had a really good year when Cole Anthony was at Oak Hill two years ago, just being the number two. Um, with him, and then you bring back a guy in Trinidad Wadford, Darius Days, and Javante Smart. You have a team that's looking to that make in that first tier. I think the, the tiers in the SEC are Kentucky, Tennessee, LSU, and then the rest of them. And I think LSU is um, sneakily better than a lot of people give them credit for. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally forgot they they um they got Josh LeBlanc from Georgetown, but he has to sit mm-hmm. this year. Yep. If he played this year, they would they, be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh LeBlanc is you know. So Georgetown lost a ton of those, you know, the Mac McLungs, the James, uh, James Akinjos, and now and Josh LeBlanc, and that was all like at the weird time. If you remember, like yeah. that pressure was released to make it seem like they were all in the same thing, and Akinjo wasn't involved in it. Yeah, um, allegedly. I got to make sure we don't get sued. Right. So, yeah, but LeBlanc going to LSU is a really good fit. Um, just a really good player. So obviously they get, you know, that's something they got to wait for a year. But yeah, you know, Cameron Thomas, obviously that's the guy everyone's looking to for them to kind of be that next LSU heralded recruit. I think he will live up to that. So I like that team a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're between those three teams we talked about in Kentucky, Tennessee, and LSU. I think those are all three teams that could very well be a four or higher seed in the tournament. Right. And then um, two more teams I want to talk about. I want, I, three, I want to do Alabama, Florida, and um, Auburn. I think Alabama is going to be sneakily good. I think Nate Oates is a really, really, really good coach. Yeah, um, love that they, hire. They bring back um, Jane Shackelford, John Petty, Herb Jones. Um, they, lo- lo- they do lose Kira Lewis, James Bolden, um, and Jalen Forbes. But they bring in Jordan Bruner from Yale, Javon Quinterly, which he transferred from Villanova. He's actually mm-hmm. eligible this year. Um, Joshua Primo, James Rojas. Yeah, they, they, got, they got a couple of good guys. Um, Jim, Keon Ellis is one of the top scorers in JUCO. 
So, like, they're sneaky, like, athletic and sneaky good offensively. Um, I love Javon Quinterly. He was that jelly fan. Like, he was one of the guys that started mm-hmm. it. But I think he got kind of – he just didn't find a good fit at Villanova, especially with Con Gillespie there and a couple yeah. other guys. So, he's going to – Pretty common for guards at Villanova. Right. Um, so, I think him going to Alabama is going to be able to free him up, especially playing um, since uh, Kira Lewis left. Um, and John Petty's good enough when if he has the talent around him, he's going to be um, I think an explosive player. I mean, he averaged 14 a game. I can't believe he's a senior, but I think he'll probably have a good end of his year rather than making the playoffs or playoffs, the tournament. Sorry. <laughs> I guess it's the playoffs. Yeah. Right. You know, in a roundabout way. Um, okay. Yeah. So Alabama, who, who yeah. else did you want to talk about? Uh, Florida and then um, Auburn. Florida, the reason I like them is, God, Mike White's offense is abysmal. You have athletes that can run, and they slow it down and play this half-court bullshit that is painful to watch. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Remember when they got um, Kerry Blackshear? And yeah. everyone, everyone in the country was like, oh, my God. I saw Florida's him gonna, play in person. Yeah, Florida's going to be so Gabriel good. Charleston final. Right. Um, they lose their best guard in Andrew Nimhart. Um, he transfers to Gonzaga. I don't know if he's eligible this year. If he is, yikes. Um, yeah, yeah, they're going to be really good. Blackshear left after he transferred from Virginia Tech. They still bring back Keontae Johnson, who's a force. Scotty Lewis, um, who's a really good wing. And then Trey Mann, who I, I'm still high on. Um, they, they get a couple transfers. Um, Appleby, Tyler, Tyree Appleby from Cleveland State. And um, a couple of guys from mm-hmm. Tyree I've Appleby. I've seen play like, so many times. Yep, he is at Florida. Um, so I feel like they're a team that can contribute right away. They might be that six through 10 range on the, um, in the tournament, but they have enough athletes where if they let the, let Trey man, they let Scotty Lewis run out, run and play. They'll, uh, they should be good enough to make the tournament. So, yeah, and I like, then, I like them getting Colin Castleton. I think, okay. you know, talk about that Kerry Blackshear role. I think he fits that well. Right. And then lastly, the team I want to talk about is Auburn. Um, they're, bu- they're building another good program, another good year down there. Um, they did lose. They lost Isaac Okoro, Samir Daughtry, Austin Wiley, um, and then Anthony McLemore and Daniel Purifoy. So a, a decent class that they lost. Um, they do bring back um, Devin Cambridge, Alan Flanagan, and Jamal Johnson, guys who really don't didn't play too much. They didn't average a lot of points, but they got Sharif Cooper, who's a great guard coming in, JT Thor, Chris Moore, Justin Powell, and Dylan Cardwell, all guys that were um, played on the EYBL circuit, guys that know how to play in big-time games. Um, Sharif Cooper is one of the best guards in the country from day one. Um, he, he and Brandon Boston played together on, um, on uh, I forget the team name exactly what it was. The Georgia's not stars, but another team like that. They were really good. Um, Dylan Cardwell was a, a nice forward that played at Oak Hill. He's a guy that can, he's a, a power forward that can get out and run. He's not projected to be essentially a starter from day one, but a guy that can come in and play solid minutes for you. Um, I like them just because Bruce Pearl gets his guys to play hard. And they're not the offensive attack that they had a couple years ago where they're going to fire 43s a game. Um, Shout out North Carolina when they got boat raced by them in the Sweet 16 that year. But other than that, I think Bruce Pearl's got a way of getting those guys in gear, and they're good enough to always make a run in the SEC. So, Yeah, I agreed. All right, so lastly, SEC Player of the Year. I'm going Terrence Clark. I'm going Trendon Watford. Okay. From LSU. Just because, just because Kentucky's depth is going to keep them from having monster point games, but Terrence Clark is the best player in the SEC. Yeah, SEC Coach of the Year. I'm going Must Bus. He's taking Arkansas to the tournament this year. Fair. I'll go. God, I would say like Rick Barnes, but like Tennessee being good isn't really a thing anymore. Um, yeah. Like, isn't sorry, isn't like a surprise if they're good, right? Um, I'll go Cal. I think they're going to win. I think winning the SEC regular season and probably winning the SEC tournament would probably 
lock that up for him. Yeah, I agree. God, and I miss. I'm so excited for college basketball. I'm just I'm I know. amped, amped. I know. And then SEC championships this year goes to regular season Kentucky tournament. Yet to see the matchups, but yeah, I Kentucky both probably. I picked Tennessee to win the SEC. Okay. Yeah. I think the only thing that hurts Kentucky is um, road games with freshmen, right? Oh my God! Mm-hmm. But then these arenas only letting X amount of fans in. It's gonna just come down. It's gonna come down to best players, and nine times out of ten, Kentucky's yeah. got ten of them that are way better. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is a lot of information. Yeah. Good luck processing it all. Yeah, we got a lot done. So thanks, Taylor. Appreciate it. Um, the SEC portion probably has been chopped with the ACC one because we've had to make a lot of things happen. Uh, quarantine isn't just hard on basketball athletes. It's hard on basketball podcasters and media people too. So we're making it all happen. Uh, we got the end of the draft next week, and we'll probably try to do the Big East next week as well, try to knock out as many of the bigger conferences as possible. So, Taylor, thank you yeah. as always. Everyone, thank yes, you for tuning sir. in, whether it's on Facebook or your podcast subscriber of choice. Thank you all very much. Have a good night.